the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. The Bob Brands has 10 o'clock on AM 1420, The Answer. Really, really important information disseminated in hour number one. Now we need a lot of great analysis in hour number two. Joining us uh, as he does each and every Thursday at this time is Dr. Everett Piper. Dr. Piper is the former president of Oklahoma Wesleyan University. He's a columnist now at the Washington Times, writes a weekly column, and the author of a best-selling book, Not a Daycare, The Devastating Consequences of Abandoning Truth, and another book is on the way. Dr. Piper, good to have you back. How are you, sir? All right, I can't hear Dr. Piper. Uh, you know what? I think maybe we disconnected. I think we have a problem there. Uh, see if we can get Dr. Piper back on the line. I dropped him or he dropped somehow. We'll, we'll try to reconnect that line. But Dr. Everett Piper is going to be joining us to talk about the inequality of the Equality Act. I mean, seriously, it's kind of an amazing thing what two uh, little letters can do to a, to a, to a word. Uh, we got him back there. He's on line number two. Let's see if we can make that introduction one more time. Dr. Everett Piper, are you there, sir? I am. Do- okay, good. Sorry about the line drop there. Not sure exactly how it happened, but I'm go- it's good to have you back. Dr. Piper, you and I always prepare a, a host of topics to talk about that are uh, oftentimes matters of faith, oftentimes matters of society, our culture. Uh, this one is kind of touching on all of those. And uh, and I want to dive right into this. Anybody who watched the MTV Music Awards on Sunday night saw this. Um, I'm fortunate enough to not have seen it, but uh, I do do the research, and I have seen the uh, clips of Taylor Swift and her performance in front of Rainbow Backdrops and uh, her song, which featured um, you know pro-LBGTQ lyrics, which is fine if that's what she wants to do. But then she took the opportunity, Dr. Piper, after her performance, to call out the White House. Um, in which she just, uh, talked about a petition for the Equality Act. 
that she has helped spearhead signatures for. It's got half a million signatures, five times the amount it would need to warn a, warn a response from the White House. She's right about that. The White House does have to give a response to petitions that get a certain number of, of signatures. But um, what she is in support of the Equality Act is the issue here. And two simple letters would make this a little bit more accurate, I think, and that would be I-N, because it is, you know, the, the Equality Act is many things. One of them is not e- equal. Inequality Act would be a little bit better as far as I am concerned. So uh, I know you didn't watch the MTV Music Awards either, but you did the research as well. Dr. Piper, what are your thoughts on this pop icon who has millions of fans around this country and around the world promoting the Equality Act? Well, the I think you've summarized it well when you say it's really the opposite of what it claims to be, which is so typical of so much of the postmodern argument today. Uh, you claim to be something, and in fact, your argument and your agenda is the ag- exact opposite of what you claim. For example, you claim to be pro-woman, but you deny the reality of women. You claim to be a feminist, but yet you deny the feminine. You claim to be pro-child, but yet you abort them by the millions and you kill them. So the progressive argument almost always saws off the branch upon which it sits, and it takes the exact opposite direction that it pretends to take in the public. And the Equality Act is the exact same thing. In summary, Bob, the Equality Act will take away religious freedom, period. End of story. The Equality Act is the Anti-Religious Freedom Act, because any Catholic or Protestant charity, for example, or Jewish charity that wants to provide its services to the public, for example, for an orphanage or for foster care or for adoption services, if you don't sign off and if you don't capitulate to the LGBTQ identity claims and if you don't worship at that altar then you will be legislated out of business, period. If you're a cake baker like Jack Phillips, and you don't want to bake a cake that celebrates the degradation of the human body, i.e. the transgender argument, you will be legislated out of business. If you're a florist like Bernal Stutzman, and you don't want to bake a cake that diminishes and degradates a sacrament of your faith, i.e. marriage, you will be legislated out of business. If you don't agree, if you don't speak like us, if you don't talk like us, if you don't walk like us, if you don't dress like us, if you don't celebrate our sexual agenda, you are verboten. You will be expelled, you will be silenced, and you will actually be prosecuted in the courts. How is this possibly an argument for equality? It is not. This is not freedom This is fascism. I'll say it one more time, Bob. This is not freedom. This is fascism. As I've said before on your show, the word fascism comes from the word fascist. And a fascist is a bundle of sticks bound together so tightly that it cannot be broken. It is the power of commonality. It is the power of complicity. It is the power of the group. It is the power of the gang. And the fascist crushes all who dare to argue differently. This is ideological fascism. This is not religious freedom. This is not equality. This is demanding complicity. And if the church doesn't rise up, and even if those who believe in freedom who aren't part of the church don't rise up 
your freedom is lost. You will submit. You will be made to care. Dr. Everett Piper is our guest. We are discussing the Equality Act, which was um, given new uh, new life, if you will, at least in terms of popular culture by uh, Taylor Swift, one of the world's most famous and well-liked uh, celebrities and, uh, and artists at the MTV Music Awards on Sunday. Dr. Piper, um, I want to talk about the free speech aspect of the Equality Act because you talked about matters of faith. You talked about, you know, uh, uh, sacraments being, uh, you know, forced to be violated uh, uh, under penalty of law. I want to talk about the most fundamental part of the First Amendment, too, which is the speech part. So many people seem to think that having your free speech violated means you're not allowed to say what you want to say. Uh, it, it is also more than that, you know, forced speech or compelled speech, forcing someone to say something they don't want to say is also a violation of their free speech rights. And that is one of the things that the inequality, and I'm just going to go ahead and use that euphemism, the Inequality Act does. It forces people to say things they don't want to say. For example, when it comes to, you mentioned people who are transgender, which is psychological delusion on steroids, um, uh, you know, where teachers and employers and fellow employees and fellow students are compelled to call them by a pronoun that does not fit either that does not fit their biological makeup or doesn't exist, such as a an XE or a ZE for Z or Zay or using plural pronouns like they or them to refer to individuals who should be he's and she's. When you force people to do things or get fired, punished, suspended, etc., that they don't want to do, you are violating their free speech. And indeed, that's happening. Um in the Daily Signal, let's see, what's her name? Monica Burke writes a great article in the Daily Signal, and Franklin Graham posted it again yesterday. She talks about the seven reasons why the Equality Act is a bad idea. And it would compel speech. And she cites Peter Fleming, who is a teacher, high school teacher, who lost his job because he would not comply with calling a girl a boy or a boy, a girl. In other words, he is pro-science. He acknowledges that biological reality matters and that genetics matter and that physiology matters and that you can't deny those things and claim to be an empiricist and claim to be pro-science. In fact, he refused to bow to the altar of the transgender movement. And as a result of that, he got fired. Okay? Now let me ask a couple rhetorical questions, and in fact, they're really not rhetorical because they actually are grounded in reality. If you came into my office and claimed to be a dog and said, I must refer to you as a dog, and if I refuse to do so, if I refuse to call you a dog because you're not, you're really a man, should should I be prosecuted for refusing to give you that false label? label. Or let's take another one. Let's say you came in and you demanded to get a job because you're disabled. You claim to be an amputee. But I look at you and I realize that, no, you've got both arms, both legs. You're not an amputee. But you say, I identify as an amputee. Should I be forced to hire you under that particular law that gives you um, a preferred status because of being disabled? The answer should be no. But in reality... You could take that, Dr. Piper... 
Dr. Pipe, you could take that to the race uh, uh, angle as well. Somebody, a, a Caucasian, you know, I, we can make jo- make jokes about Elizabeth Warren pretending to be a Native American, but but a Caucasian can walk in and say, uh, I identify as an African American, uh, and considering that you have uh, affirmative action quotas that you have to meet here, I should be given preference for this job. Well, wait a minute, you're white, but I don't feel white. I feel African American, and we've seen examples. Rachel Dolezal comes to mind of people who have actually tried to pull that off. Spot on. Um, and and, and Spot are on. we supposed to accept that 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 fantasy? Are we supposed to accept that scam, if you will, just so somebody can benefit from it? It's it would be ludicrous to say that we should. It's, it's spot on, and that's exactly where this identity politics leads. See, they have no end to their argument. They claim that we should just stop judging other people because of their sexual proclivities. But this goes well beyond that because the identity claims, the subjective identity politics that's in play right now can go a variety of different directions. There's a man in Texas who claims to be a dragon. He calls himself the dragon man. He's had his ears removed, his nose has been surgically altered, he's got tattoos and uh, surgical scarring across his body to give him the appearance of having scales. He legitimately says he identifies as a dragon. Should you be forced to hire him? Should you be forced to give him equal status under the Equality Act because of his delusional fantasies and his dysphoria of believing he's a dragon? Likewise, there's a movement called the Trans Species Movement, where people identify as other species, a goat, a dog, and whatnot. There's the Trans Ablement Movement, where people identify as disabled when they're really not. The list goes on and on and on. It's endless. Yeah, it really is. And and to suggest that we should not first of all that we should just in general a general sense that we should acknowledge that 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 fantasy, that delusion that these people have and and play into it by saying, "Yes, I see that you are a dragon. Yes, I see that you are a dog. Yes, I see that you are uh, um, a, a race that is different than what my eyes tell me." Yes, and to play into that would be absurd. But to be compelled to play into that, as you say, under penalty of law, fines or imprisonment or both, which is what would happen if the Equality law, uh, uh, Act becomes law, that is, pardon this, a horse of a different color. Uh, Dr. Piper, hold that, hold that thought. We're going to come right back on AM 1420, The Answer. It's the Bob France Authority here on AM 1420. The answer. All right, we continue now at 1023 with Dr. Everett Piper, uh, my guest, and we're talking about the Equality Act that was championed by Taylor Swift, among others, this past Sunday at the MTV Music Awards. She got a lot of attention in the mainstream media and everybody hugging her and telling her what a wonderful thing she is doing by supporting this as she challenged Donald Trump in the White House saying, you must respond to the petition that we have put forward to, uh, uh, to help pass the, uh, the Equality Act. Dr. Piper, we're talking about examples of inequality that this act, um, uh, essentially forces upon us. And I want to give, give you another one. I have the Daily Signal art, uh, article that you mentioned in front of me. I'm going to talk about number six, a, a sixth reason why we should not support the Equality Act. It could lead to more parents losing custody of their children. Can you explain that? Well, I believe it's happened in your state, if I'm not, if I'm not uh, mistaken, um, where if a parent refuses to comply with their child's gender confusion that 
child can be legally taken away from the parents. We know this is happening in Canada, and I believe it happened in Ohio. Now, you can correct me if I'm wrong on that given state, but here's the, the situation. You, if your kid, if your child, your son or your daughter comes to you and is sexually confused, and why wouldn't they be today because of what the garbage that's being taught in our schools? No so kidding. So let's say, say your child is subjected to the transgender LGBT curriculum that is pervasive across the common core curriculum of our culture. Comes home and says, I don't know for sure what I am, whether I'm a boy or I'm a girl. Your child is nine years old. You refuse to, to take that child in for surgery, medical treatment, whether it be hormonal or surgical treatment for that particular confusion, and you prefer to go get counseling. The courts have ruled that that child can be taken away from the parents. This is not an equality act. This is an inequality act because it takes the rights of the parents away, takes the religious freedom away, and it takes their parental freedoms away and gives those freedoms, if you will, to the state to start legislating what you can and cannot do down to the point where a minor as young as nine years of age can be taken away from the parents because the parents want to be pro-science and acknowledge the biological fact of the male and the female, that state is now saying, no, you're a bigot, you're a hater, you're not inclusive enough, we're going to take your child away and we will do with your child what we wish. It is absolutely terrifying to think that this could be uh, could happen, but it can. If we are not careful, we already know that the you know the Democrats who support this type of thinking and this type of legislation, who have drafted this, already control the House. Uh, our our failsafe is the Senate. If we lose the Senate, and of course, then there's the veto power of the White House. This could become law. If we are not careful, and I know this wasn't intended to be a political commercial, but uh, but seriously, we have to fight as hard as we can to stop these things from happening for all the reasons Dr. Piper is laying out. And I'm going to hit one more before you're done, uh, Dr. Piper, and we're just going to stay on this for the entire conversation. Um, this one is much less significant than having your children removed from your care, custody, and home. But sports. This matters. We've talked about this before. Uh, a lawsuit has been filed. As a matter of fact, I think it's one of many, but just this week, another lawsuit has been filed by a female track athlete in advance of this upcoming cross-country season, or cross-country athlete, um, because she is being forced to run and compete against boys. She may be the very best in her age bracket. She may be the best in her school and in her conference, and she's not going to win because the boys are running, because they those who say they are girls, and we have seen this happen time and time again across this uh, uh, across this country where this is becoming the norm and the equality act would allow anybody to run in any event or compete in any sport based on how they feel and people need to understand that this is not something just taking place in the crazy places such as new york city or san francisco or washington dc in oklahoma the reddest of red states there wasn't one county that went blue in the last two presidential elections in Oklahoma. Not one. Oklahoma is the reddest of red states. The Republican mayor, G.T. Bynum, of Tulsa, Oklahoma, just last week signed an executive order mandating transgender accommodations across the city of Tulsa. Now, what he just did is reverse 50 years of women's rights 
With one stroke of the pen, he took a woman's bathroom away, he took a woman's sport away, he took a woman's dignity away, and he took a woman's identity away and gave it to a delusional, dysphoric male who wants to play, play, dress up on a given day and raise his hand and say, I'm a woman. How can G.T. Bynum possibly claim to be a feminist and claim to be a pro-woman legislator and mayor when he disregards the dignity of the female in such a flagrant way? This is in Oklahoma, so if the listeners think that this isn't going to happen in their own backyard, go look at the curriculum of your local school, and you'll realize that your children are being taught this at the youngest age. This is happening. Now, I want to make this point clear, Bob. Legally and morally, there's a difference in this argument. Legally, I don't really care what you do in your bedroom. Legally. I've got lots of friends and family who probably behave in ways sexually that I disagree with and I think are unbiblical and immoral. I'm not advocating that they should be thrown in jail. But morally, I have the right and the obligation to call their behavior what it is and teach my children and my church and my public and my community and my school why I believe those decisions are harmful to mind, body, and soul. Now, the Equality Act would not only make it legal for everybody to demand these given separate identities, but it would also make it an obligation for me to affirm them rather than to challenge them and to live in a different way. Very well said by Dr. Everett Piper. Doctor, uh, I want to wrap this up by reminding everybody that one week from today, you will be here in Northeast Ohio for the uh, American Trinity Project Liberty Lounge Keeping the Republic event uh, that is coming up on September 5th, again, one week away at Wagner's of Westlake. You will be the keynote speaker. My friend, Dr. Tom Zawistowski, will be moderating the discussions uh, along with uh, um, Mike Gibbons, former U.S. Senate candidate, as well as uh, Jeff Sindelar, a prominent Cleveland attorney. It's a great event. I know everyone is looking forward to hearing your keynote address uh, uh, on Thursday night, uh, Dr. Piper. And uh, any thoughts on, uh, uh, can you give us a little hint on what your address is going to cover? Well, I will be talking about freedom and fences. G.K. Chesterton told us if you want liberty, you've got to recognize the natural law and the common sense and the fences of freedom that give you the greatest measure of human freedom that we've ever had in human history. The biblical ethic, the Judeo-Christian ethic, natural law, common sense, self-evident truths as the fences of freedom. I love it. Uh, tickets are available for Dr. Uh, Piper's speech and for this entire event at americantrinityproject.org. you got to go to americantrinityproject.org. Get your tickets for the Liberty Lounge, Keeping the Republic with Dr. Everett Piper. Doctor, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for the great insight and analysis. Looking forward to your visit to Northeast Ohio next week, and we'll talk to you then. Thank, thank you so much. That's Dr. Everett Piper on AM 1420, The Answer. News now, your calls after on the Bob France Authority. All right, it's 1040 as we continue on AM 1420, The Answer on this Thursday. We're a little late coming back into the segment. Went a little long with our friend Dr. Piper, and I think it was well worth it, to be quite honest with you. The, um, the Equality Act is every bit as dangerous. In fact, it's more dangerous really, than Dr. Piper and I were able to get into because of time restraints. If you want to read that entire Daily Signal article that uh, the doctor referenced, you should. Um, 
I have posted it on my Facebook page at France Radio. It's headlined, Seven Reasons Why Taylor Swift Shouldn't Support the Equality Act. And, of course, it means seven reasons why we should not support the Equality Act. It is anything but equal. Take a look at it. It's on my Facebook page, which is France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Make sure you follow the page, and you'll get all of these things uh, updated in your own uh, Facebook feeds. All right, I'm going to go to the phones. Uh, right after I check in with this uh, audio one more time, if you did not hear what we started the show with, Lawrence O'Donnell at MSNBC decided to give everyone a perfect example of what the president means when he talks about fake news. Decided he would give everyone a picture-perfect view of what um, fake news is and what the mainstream media as the enemy of the people looks like. This is what Lawrence O'Donnell did on his program earlier this week. And the source says that Deutsche Bank is in possession of loan documents that show Donald Trump has obtained loans with co-signers and that he would not have been able to obtain those loans without co-signers. The source close to Deutsche Bank says that the co-signers of Donald Trump's Deutsche Bank loans are Russian billionaires close to Vladimir Putin. If true, that would explain every kind word Donald Trump has ever said about Russia and Vladimir Putin, if true. If true, that would be a significant factor in Vladimir Putin's publicly stated preference for presidential candidate Donald Trump over presidential candidate Hillary Clinton. Those, um, those lies are par for the course for MSNBC and for NBC, quite frankly, for CNN and the rest of the mainstream news media. When a major news network puts its lackey in front of a camera to lie in such terrible ways about the president, making it appear as though the president was indeed a tool of Vladimir Putin and the Russians, that Vladimir Putin got him elected because he would have him in his hip pocket because they, he owes them for uh, helping uh, to provide the uh, loans that he wanted to get. When the mainstream news media can run with a story like that, unverified, saying the worst things that you can say about the president, essentially invalidating his election, and have them not be true, we can't refer to this as anything but being the enemy of the people. It harms the people for those, those lies to be told. Millions of people not only saw it live, but, and I know he doesn't have millions of people in his audience, but hundreds of thousands in his audience, but then it was shared with millions of other people by social media or by word of mouth. Did you hear Trump got loans from Vladimir Putin's buddies right before the election? It explains why he is so pro-Putin and why Putin helped him get elected. There was collusion. Forget about the Mueller report. Forget about Mueller's testimony. Forget about all. We have proof of collusion. That's what happens when that type of reporting is done. And guess what is not heard by the same millions of people the next night? The retraction. The retraction isn't going to be heard by the same people who heard the original story. Discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I've re- got to start that over. Hold on. 
Last night on this show, I discussed information that wasn't ready for reporting. I repeated statements a single source told me about the president's finances and loan documents with Deutsche Bank, saying, if true, as I discussed the information, was simply not good enough. I did not go through the rigorous verification and standards process here at MSNBC before repeating what I heard from my source. Had it gone through that process, I would not have been permitted to report it. I should not have said it on air or posted it on Twitter. I was wrong to do so. This afternoon, attorneys for the president sent us a letter asserting the story is false. They also demanded a retraction. Tonight, we are retracting the story. We don't know whether the information is inaccurate, but the fact is we do know it wasn't ready for broadcast. And for that, I apologize. Last night on this show and an apology. That's it. A retraction and an apology. Not enough. It doesn't unring the Russia bell. It does not clarify in the minds of people who did not hear the retraction and apology the fact that this did not happen. And by the way, the Trump family says the same thing. Apology, not enough. They are now planning to sue Lawrence O'Donnell and MSNBC for that erroneous report that does so much damage. This is what it does. This is what TDS does. Trump derangement syndrome leads people to do things that may be uncharacteristic for them, that are indefensible for them. They're so desperate to prove that Donald Trump is a crook and an invalid president that they'll do anything. I mean, it it truly is derangement. One other uh, note before I go, go to your calls. The president is not taking this uh, quietly. As you can imagine, the president doesn't take anything really quietly. The president tweeted this three hours ago this morning. Crazy Lawrence O'Donnell, who has been calling me wrong from even before I announced my run for the presidency, even being previously forced by NBC to apologize, which he did while crying for things he said about me and The Apprentice, was again forced to apologize, this time for the most ridiculous claim of all, that Russia, 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 or Russian oligarchs co-signed loan documents for me. A guarantee. Totally false. As is virtually everything else, he and much of the rest of the lamestream media have said about me for years. All apologize. The totally inaccurate reporting by Lawrence O'Donnell for which he has been forced by NBC to apologize, is no different than the horrible, corrupt, and fraudulent fake news that I and millions of great supporters have had to put up with for years. So bad for the USA. Mr. President, I concur. Terrible for the USA. Bad for the USA when the people of this country don't know what they can believe or trust because of all the fake news. It is bad for the USA. And if somebody is harming the people by not giving them truth and by intentionally giving them falsehoods, then dare I say they are the enemy of those people. All right, as promised to the phones, Fred in uh, Cleveland has been waiting for a very long time. Thanks for your patience, Fred. You're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, you got it, Bob. I think you might be wrong on this one. Trump's tweet that Fox was not working for him, I don't think it meant Fox is not on the payroll. I think it was somewhere along the lines, like if someone were to say, this diet isn't working for me. It's not being effective. And I think Fox... I don't think he was suggesting that they're on the payroll. 
but but just that we are simpatico they're they're working for me they're doing what i want them to do they are giving the information that i that to counter the fake news on the other networks they're they're giving uh you know putting all of my stuff in a positive light they're working for me in that regard i'm not suggesting it was a you know a paid situation or anybody had even you know had even made that accusation but when he says we need to find a new news outlet because fox news is no longer working for us um, then, you know, no matter how you spin it, it sounds terrible. It, it may sound terrible, but I think he may be right. I mean, to, to, for Fox to cross the line and hire Donna Brazil, a person who cheated during a national debate and gave the questions to one side instead of the other, it, it's too much. They put these liberals on, and all they do is ruin every segment that they're on. They don't need them. The people that tune into Fox tune in to hear the truth. They don't need it to be spun in Trump's direction. All they need is for the truth and the facts to come out. That's what we expect when we watch Fox. And to have these liberals on that will are willing to lie on national TV, it just ruins everything. They're, they're over the top. I'm going to disagree with you, Fred, vehemently. Um, let's think about it from a strategic standpoint. If Donna Brazil was no longer on television, people would forget how corrupt and crooked she and CNN were. Her presence reminds everybody they fixed the 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 uh, the, the Democrat primary to to steal it from Bernie Sanders. Her presence and listening to her, I think, reminds everybody of exactly who she is. Likewise, to have you know what because he criticized Donna Brazil, and rightfully so, criticizing her. I wouldn't have hired her either. But uh, so I don't disagree with them on that part, but I do understand their reasoning for it. And then he criticized Juan Williams and Shepard Smith, particularly in the Juan Williams case. You need somebody on the network to articulate what the liberal point of view is, and then of course it is routinely destroyed by the conservative panel that surrounds him. But if you don't have, because I don't know about you, do you watch CNN? Uh, rarely, very rarely. Me too. Same thing. Uh, what about MSNBC? Not for one second. See, I don't either, and that's kind of the point. I think there are millions of people like you and me who don't watch them. I mean, I I, I will if I have to to find things like this Lawrence O'Donnell thing, right? But I right. but I don't watch them. And, and when we as as conservatives don't watch them, we don't hear their arguments. We don't hear what kind of crap they're coming up with now to spin news a certain way to harm Trump or to harm us or whatever. So you have them on. You hear Brazil, you hear Shepard Smith, you hear um, uh, uh, Juan Williams, and then you hear the conservatives around them deconstructing every argument that they make. And that is important. If you just have the echo chamber of only conservative points of view and you don't hear the Democrats being um, dis, uh, you know, d- destroyed, essentially, for, sorry for lack of a better word, but their arguments destroyed, um, then I think we're, we're doing ourselves a disservice. We need to know what the other side is saying, and then we need I, to find the arguments that, re- that, that refute that. W- w- one more point here, Bob. I, yeah, I, 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 I disagree. I think that the reason Fox hires Adana Brazil or any of the other libs is because they're trying to pull viewers away from the other networks. And that will never in a million years happen. They need to face reality and just go on with the truth and be fair 
Forget about being balanced. It's not important. Nobody from Fox no, no, is no, 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 Fred. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. no, that is not what a news agency is supposed to do. You just said forget about being fair. You just gave a thumbs up to MSNBC. You just gave a yeah. thumbs up to CNN when you say you don't have to be fair. That is exactly what we complain about, my friend. That is what we complain about. It's what we criticize on a routine basis from the New York Times, the Washington Post, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, and CNN. They're not fair to the president. They're not fair to the truth. Fox News trying to be fair is exactly what we should support. Back after this. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The answer. Ten fifty-six. Final segment of the Bob uh, Bob France Authority on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. I'm going to get a call from TJ. He's been there for a long time as well. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, hi, Bob. You know, uh, if you're an elite Democrat now in this country, you can get away with anything. There is definitely a different set of laws for you. Last night, I watched the woman, I can't think of her name, she was either on CNN or MSNBC, called for the total burning down of the Republican Party and the elimination of all the individuals. And if even only a few survive, you can't let that happen because they'll come back again. Now, if some kid is sitting in his basement, his parents' basement, blogging out mass extermination like this woman did on a national cable show, I guarantee the FBI would be at that front door within a couple hours. How do these people get away with this? This woman is calling for the elimination of tens of millions of people. How do they get away with this, Bob? Because well, I mean, I, you know, I, I think there's, you know, there's, there's metaphors. Uh, and when she says burn down the Republican Party, I don't think she means take flame and, and gasoline to it. She means this metaphorically, you know, burn down the party. You have to destroy the Republican ideas and the Republican ideals to the point where oh, the no, party Bob. is irrelevant. She anymore. even mentioned, wait, she even mentioned we have to eliminate the individuals because if even only a few of them survive, they'll be back again politically. I don't know. Political survival. Now, yeah, well, I mean, I, 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 I saw you Jennifer. You're talking about Jennifer Rubin. Yeah, yeah, it's Jennifer Rubin. I saw it. And, 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 and you know, I mean, if, if you yeah, want... Doesn't this incite yeah. violence with, with wacko people? You know what I'm saying? How does she get away with this? If you and I did that, I guarantee they would hold our feet to the fire saying we're inciting mass violence, but they get away with it. And, you know, that's like Mayor Jackson's son or grandson. Uh if you're an elite Democrat, there's a separate rule of law for you, and that's becoming pretty apparent. Just like Hillary Clinton and Comey, even if they get indicted, even if they get I will be following that. I will be following that Mayor Jackson story very, very closely yeah. to see if any uh, mayoral preferential treatment is being given here. Because, like it I said, the two has, sources Bob. I talked to, yeah, yeah it, it, already it already has already been. Has. been. But as I said last uh, segment, TJ, I talked about destroying Juan mm-hmm. Williams, and I said let the other ones destroy him. Does that mean take a sledgehammer to him? It doesn't. That doesn't mean destroy him physically. It means destroy his argument. And when Jennifer Rubin says burn down the party and leave no survivors, she doesn't mean with flames and gas and bombs. She means uh, destroy, or she means uh, burn down the party, make it completely irrelevant, destroy all of their arguments, and leave no political survivors. I, I, I don't think we can. Uh, I don't think we can or should play that. Uh, game as if it's a literal message there. That's not literal. That's metaphorical. Free for all Friday on tomorrow's program. We'll see you then. Have a great day. Enjoy the silence. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.